Welcome to the NABC Guardians of the Game podcast, where we go inside what makes a coach a coach. The Guardians of the Game podcast is a production of the National Association of Basketball Coaches and Learfield IMG College, brought to you by Wilson Sporting Goods. And now, here's your host, Dave Odom. Welcome back to the NABC Guardians of the Game podcast. Today's guest is the head coach of the Butler Bulldogs, Coach Laval Jordan. Listen, we just thank you so, so much for taking your time away from your team to share some insights and in, in, uh, things that are close to you uh, as you grew up a, a basketball fan and then later a basketball coach. But thank you for taking time away. I know it's right in the middle of the season. You got a lot to do. No, thanks. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate you having me on. It's a, uh, obviously, uh, anything I can do to help in ABC is always uh, you know something we want to do. So appreciate you having me. Well, let's get right into it. I mean, you were born in 1979, Albion, Michigan. Where is Albion, Michigan in relation to Detroit, Lansing, Ann Arbor, those more travel spots? Yeah, it's, it's south, kind of southwest. Uh, side of the state, and so uh, right right off I ninety four. If anybody knows any Michigan uh, geography and the highways, so uh, about forty five minutes west of Ann Arbor and uh, Battle Creek, which people associate uh, coach with uh, Kellogg's and, and Battle Creek, Michigan, Kalamazoo, where Western Michigan is, is is where I played my uh, AAU summer ball. So that's about forty minutes west. Uh, Detroit's a you know hour hour and a half or so going ahead and east. So if I was we were face to face. I could give you the the mitten, you know, pull up, lift up my hand and give you the mitten and kind of show you where it is. But uh, it's about three and a half hours north, straight north of I sixty nine here from Indianapolis. Not a metropolitan city, I would assume. Not even, so not even close. So we got a small <laughs> Michigan town. Uh, we we've got uh, a young young boy growing up in this town. A uh, lot going on for a small town. Uh, I'm assuming that Friday and Saturday nights were devoted to high school sports, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, whatever. What was that like? Yeah, you're exactly right. It was, uh, you know, Albion was a, uh, a small, tight-knit community, uh, really diverse in terms of my upbringing. And, and, you know, one high school, one middle school. And so yeah, one of those places where everybody knows everybody and, and um, people kind of look out for each other and, and a lot of it revolved around the community, revolved around you know the high school sports and teachers and uh, coaches and and kids in in our community, um, you know just really connecting through through sport. Uh, so you know football games, our football team wasn't very good, our basketball team was, uh, and so there was you know obviously a rally you know in season. So I, I grew up um, you know with my great aunt and great uncle. Uh, you know didn't live with mom and dad, but mom and dad were around and there and. Uh, you know, had a, uh, it was a village, you know, if, uh, one of those um, where they say it takes a village uh, to raise a child. So it was uh, certainly I had that uh, so many people uh, in the community that impacted me and my upbringing and kind of kept you out of trouble and, uh, you know, watched out for you call grandma, call mom and dad uh, to, to, to tell on you when you were doing something you weren't supposed to do. And, and they had the authority to get you right. Uh, you know, everybody had permission to, to kind of put you in check <laughs> in uh, in that community. And so, uh, 
Yeah, but I, yeah, love, love, love Albion, and and uh, you know some of my obviously best friends you grow up with, and you know, high school teammates, best friends, close friends, and uh, still to this day, where you know they're still supportive and try to keep up with, keep in touch with everybody. There's a small college there, you know, Albion College, um, Division Three that that still uh, still exists, and you know one of the main draws to to the Albion community, and so uh, between the high school back then, the high school no longer exists, which hurts my heart. Uh, you know, they kind of got into some financial troubles and shut down, but the, the college is still there, and uh, a lot of the people are still there, and and so I know Albion is still uh, still supporting and following, so I try to represent Albion the best I can. Did uh, did you play football, or is that just something you kind of let go? I did. Go? Yeah, uh, so I was a uh, I didn't come. I mean, you know, flag football early. Baseball wasn't my sport, coach. It was uh, <laughs> as soon as they took it off the tee, I struggled. Uh, and so, you know, I, I did uh, football and basketball and track uh, as I got into middle school and high school. And, um, yeah, like I said, football wasn't very good. It was just a way to be with my, my guys, uh, you know, all of our you know, just friend group. And, and we all played football together and you know, never really had too much success, but it was just fun. You know, I was a receiver. And uh, actually, my senior year was a tight end and a, 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 a third string quarterbacks I never really got to play any quarterback and uh played some linebacker crazy enough 160 pounds but I was good at reading the tackles <laughs> and so our middle <laughs> linebacker out of the way. <laughs> yeah our middle linebacker goes down with an ACL injury and next thing you know I'm in um and so um but it was just fun you know just a just fun you know being with your, your guys and other parents are coaching the teams and um, you know, it was just a way to just stay, uh, like I said, out of trouble and, and uh, be around friends. And, you know, Friday nights were, you know, even win or lose, uh, you still kind of went to the same place to eat after the games and hung out with each other. And um, then basketball was the main the main sport. Uh, so we had, you know, and we all grew up together. Uh, our team was, was really good. You know, we made a couple runs my junior year to a Final Four. Uh, in the state, and then our senior year, we lost in the state championship game to, uh, you'll know this name, to Shane Battier. Oh, and, boy. Uh, he went to Detroit Country Day in high school, and they were they were always good, a powerhouse in the state. Uh, so they won it three straight years, uh, and so our senior year, you know, they, they got the victory over us. Um, all right, so basketball kind of saved you from an athletic standpoint and gave you a uh, a presence in the community and statewide. And, um, you know, all of a sudden uh, you hear from Butler University, uh, school in Indianapolis, another state removed from you. Um, at that time, uh, Barry Collier, your athletics director now, we won't talk about him a little bit later on, but he was the basketball coach at that time. And then Thad Mata right in there. Uh, was he? Was Thad his assistant? And is that the way I remember that or not? <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, when, when Butler, uh, I had no idea where Butler was when they came along. I, I didn't start playing AAU until high school. I know now it's like kids are playing AAU in second grade. Um, but I didn't I didn't start playing until after uh, after my freshman year, really. And so a couple of our, my, me and my teammates uh, would drive over to Kalamazoo and play with a team called the Kazoo Blues, uh, Walt Hall and, and O'Neal Ali and Steve. Uh, Steve Dunning, you know, God rest his soul, he's passed away now. But those guys were friends of my father. My dad was a he, he was really good friends with that that group, and 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 they, uh, you know, he and a couple other guys in our Albion community would would uh, we had a little local kind of travel group 
um, they started, you know, called SCPs, so or we would go over to Jackson and play or set up games with uh, teams out of Battle Creek when we were in middle school, but never really traveled outside of our small area there. Uh, so then going over to play with the KZ Blues, uh, a couple of us went there, and, and we ended up having a couple of Division One players, uh, talents on our team, a guy named Milo Stovall that went to Valparaiso, and, and they made, uh, made it to the NCAA tournament, and uh, little John Flowers, a guy that went to Michigan State and played football from Kalamazoo. So we had a pretty pretty decent team. We weren't one of the shoot teams, uh, but we were just kind of a local grassroots team. And um, then Butler came along, you know, shortly after that. Actually started recruiting my high school teammate first, uh, a guy named Jason Moorhead. He was an unbelievable talent player. You know, we made our run in the tournament. He averaged 30 a game in the, in the, in the run there. And uh, he led us in scoring as a sophomore when we were, we all went up to varsity. And so they started out, you know, in, in recruiting him. Uh, and then, you know, I was, I was kind of the tag along, um, and ended up, you know, re- recruiting me and I ended up, you know, signing, signing with Butler. And so, uh, you know, Barry and Thad was an assistant, uh, Jay John, who ended up going out to Arizona and becoming the head coach at Oregon state at one point in time was on that staff. And, um, and then, uh, coach Lick, Todd Licklider, who ended up, you know, I ended up working for his assistant here and got the job at Butler, um, at, at one point in time. And so, you know, just learning about the place. You know, it was it was somewhere I didn't know about. Uh, so it was first thing first, where's Butler, and then trying to learn more about it as uh, as time grew over that freshman and sophomore and junior year. Well, let me let me kind of capsule. You know what happened while you were at Butler. I mean, obviously, we, everybody knows about Butler today, but back in those days, you didn't even know about it. They were recruiting you, and you know you were uh, impressed early on with Coach Collier and Coach Mata, but. Um, you know, when you look at what happened while you were there in the three or four years that you were there, uh, they were in what was called at that time the Midwestern Collegiate Conference. It's now obviously in the Big East, which is one of the premier conferences in all of college bas- basketball. You, uh, uh, you were regular season champions uh, uh, two of those years. You had four consecutive postseason appearances, three of them in the NCAA, one of them in the NIT, 1999. Um, you averaged uh, – a commendable 11, 12 points a game all through your career, which is darn good at that level. I mean, it really is. And you were MVP of the basketball tournament. Um, I guess that was in 2011. So that was pretty much a capsule of what happened while you were at Butler. Now, let me ask you something. Butler is a contagious kind of school. I mean, people go in there and – you know, they don't know much about it. And they, you know, it's one of those schools that just kind of grabs you. And all of yeah. a sudden you're doing things the way the people at Butler. As a matter of fact, there's a thing called the Butler way. Try to yes, help sir. everybody understand that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was what, uh, what drew me. Like you said, it was, um, you know, I, I ended up taking uh, one visit official visit me and my me and my father came down here and um coach collier obviously had a vision for uh, what he thought butler basketball could be and and uh he, him himself being an alumni and loves butler and you know just indianapolis you know i hadn't hadn't really known much about indianapolis so coming on that visit and being in indianapolis and uh getting to know the butler community and uh my teammates at, at that time it was uh it was more just the vision and kind of the people uh, and that's what you know is still today. It's why you come to Butler is because of the people. And so, you know, we left, and uh, my my uh, dad asked me a question on the ride back home, just 
hey, what else are you looking for? And uh, so we sat on it for a night and, and um, you know, slept on it and committed the next day. But it was truly, uh, you know, what Coach thought could be done and, and wanting to be a part of something special that hadn't been done before at Butler. And uh, our group came in, and, and uh, during that time, that was, you know, things that hadn't been uh, been done in terms of my, by my senior year getting back to the NCAA tournament and uh, winning a game. You know, we had gotten there uh, the year before I got there and my freshman year and got back my junior year, lost on a heartbreaking buzzer beater to Florida, and Mike Miller hits a, a floater, and, and uh, they go on to finish runner-up national championship. And senior year, we finally got in and, and won a game, which was a big deal at that time. Um but it was it was certainly what you said to people. Um, it was just the community, uh, the way that the things operated. My dad knew I had a lot of growing up to do, and, and obviously Coach Collier as a mentor, and um, you know the Butler way, and, and the things that were being preached, and uh, the vision that he was you know communicating to us was attractive to him from a, as a dad. Uh, and you know he he had a, his big thing was a you know I think you can go play there. Uh, eventually, you know, we have five seniors, so your freshman year, you're going to have to learn and learn how they do things and try to fight your way on the court. Uh, and then, but you're going to grow up and you're going to be a better man when you come out of there, just based on what uh, what the staff was saying and the community around once you got to see Butler and and uh, and just how you know how things were done here. Uh, just you know, we above me and team above self and putting something bigger than yourself and and kind of serving others. And, just learning those values and principles. It was the same thing that I was being preached to by my dad and my grandma, my great aunt, and my my mom, and everybody that was raised in, you know, in the community that I was raised in. So there was just an alignment of uh, values. While you were there, uh, Coach Coach Collier, the head coach, he hires this guy named Todd Licklider. Um, I met Todd uh, at the Five Star Basketball Camp back. Uh, I don't know what what year it was, but uh, he 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 really impressed me. I think he was a great shooting coach, um, mm-hmm. but he um, he was really really good. You got to be around him three or four years, and next thing you know, he leaves Butler uh, to go to Iowa um, for three three seasons or so, and um, you know you followed him to Iowa. Um, tell us about uh, Coach Licklider and what kind of influence he may have had uh, on you as a coach and a person. Yeah, I, I've been really blessed, Coach, um, just to have, you know, like I said, a village that raised me in Albion and, and um, you know, and an impact of coaching mentors that, uh, you know, I just you know, I thank God every day and, and count my blessings just for the people that, that he's put in my life to to just have an impact and motivate me and and, and mentor me along the way. I, you know, obviously Coach Collier, you know, who who recruited me to Butler and so and sold me on you know his vision and um, just a, you know unbelievable in terms of you know, just learning about team discipline and principles and being an attention to detail. Coach Mata was here on that staff. Dad Mata. Um, you know, and, and and his his enthusiasm and a talented just motivator and uh you know, he could always just find the right buttons to push to get you going and, and Coach Licklider, you know, who was on the staff as well as an assistant, uh just so so smart, you know, just a, such a basketball mind and uh he he just had this way about him of, of earning your trust uh as a player. Uh, when I worked with him as an assistant, uh still to this day, you know, keep in touch with him. Uh, he just got the Evansville job down there at Evansville, Indiana. So excited for him to to to, to be at the helm again and have that opportunity. But uh, he was just so loyal 
to his players. Uh, you know, you hear that old motto all the time of, you know, people don't know you care what you know until they until they know that you care. And uh, he just had an unbelievable care level for uh, for his players, and it was deep and it was genuine and uh, just uh, a true servant. Uh, and he was you know able to challenge guys and demand from them without you know going crazy and and yelling and screaming and, and swearing. Uh, but he had such a powerful effect on commanding the respect of his players, earning their trust, and getting them to play. Uh, you know, above their above their level, um, and so, you know, obviously when he went to Iowa, there was a huge amount of trust. And you know, I love Butler and love everything that Butler has done for me. And uh, but I just trusted trusted Todd to go take the chance at Iowa and believed in him so much, and um, you know, had a lot of loyalty to him uh, for giving me my first opportunity in, in coaching. You know, I didn't know I didn't know I wanted to coach. I went and played. Uh, for a couple seasons, one year overseas in Norway, uh, which was a great experience being in Bergen, Norway, and and um, you know having that opportunity and played a year in the in the what was called the D League at that time, now G League down in Huntsville, Alabama. So I didn't know, you know, I wasn't like uh, one of the sons like your son. Was, you know, my my dad coached, but I didn't know that I wanted to coach. Uh, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next, and Coach Licklider gave me an opportunity. So they come on in, and, and I started as director of operations and. And he kind of just said, hey, come in and, and jump on and see if you like it. And if you don't, you know, you can find something else. But I think you, I think this is something that you'd be great at. And um, just learning, you know, at that time, Brad Stevens was on the staff. And Matthew Graves was an assistant. Uh, <laughs> Mike Marshall was an assistant. And I, I was the director of operations. Jeff Meyer came back, who's on our staff now, uh, because Mike Marshall left and went into administration. So heck of a staff to just sit in the room. And, you know, I'm the young ops guy just taking notes. Uh, in the in the room of smart basketball minds and great people. 2010 rolls around. Uh, you get another opportunity with one of my best friends in, in uh, coaching um, at the University of Michigan, John Beeline. My goodness, how I mean, how how lucky were you? I mean, you've been around Licklider, you've been around Collier, uh, you've been around Mata, and now you got a chance to be around uh, John Beeline, who. I think is a great uh, teacher and uh, very, very, uh, you know, he he's he just takes everything right down to uh, exactly how you step and you coach and you do this and uh, he's very uh, just he and I just have a great relationship. So I, I just know how yeah. lucky you were. And you you had a chance to coach uh, guys like Trey Burke and uh, Tim Hardaway and Darius Moore, so uh, re- all really good players at the University of Michigan, Michigan. John Beeline, what do he mean to you? Yeah, yeah. It just again, just you know, it's funny how how like life works, Coach. Like I said, I didn't know um, that I wanted to coach or not, and Coach Licklider kind of pulled me in and and uh, took me under his wing, gave me an opportunity. And at the time when I didn't know Coach Beeline, so Jeff Meyer, who's who's here now, was on staff at Michigan. Uh, we had gotten fired, you know, terminated at Iowa. It didn't work out the way we thought it would. And so now, you know, 2010, kind of, you know, just searching and, and doing, you know, main, maintaining our network and using the network and trying to figure out what's next. And I take my wife and uh, daughter to Iowa. We had another daughter while we were there in, in Iowa City, which was, you know, great, great people in Iowa City and, and learned a lot from that experience. Uh, and then, you know, Coach Beeline has a has an opportunity on staff and, and uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, gracious enough to give me a chance to, to interview. Uh, being from Michigan and being a Midwest guy, and uh, he was looking to kind of retool the staff. And 
and so there was an opportunity there and he was just uh so once I got on staff there it was just you know he's uh he's one of the best that that's ever done it just uh, always been a head coach so so unique his path uh, so just learning and one and he's a unbelievable person just character individual and uh does it does things the right way which you know I was accustomed to and uh we just aligned in so many ways from a value standpoint uh, and then to be able to learn just basketball and, and uh, as all his offensive mind uh, was uh, just, you know, one of a kind. And and so, yeah, I just think that the, the three main traits that he has, he recruits character. Um, and, you know, that's obviously uh, where I come from at Butler. And he, he will not budge on the people that he's around. And that, that philosophy is, you know, you can make a, a good person a better player. And uh, so development was a huge part of what we did there, player development, and taking the chances on maybe under-recruited guys and, and developing them. You know, Trey Burke wasn't a five-star guy, neither was Tim Hardaway Jr., neither was Darius Morris or Nick Stauskas or a lot of the guys we had there, Glenn Robinson, you know, the third, uh, Karis LeVert, those guys were, you know, just guys that worked and they aligned and they had good character, and that's what Coach, uh, he, would just, he was just so clear in his identity and who he wanted to coach and how he wanted to do it and uh, just empowered our staff so much um, to 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 be able to help him out as the best we could, um, and he was adaptable. And I think that was just something you learn as a young coach and myself trying to you know what why how can a guy last for thirty years as a head coach only and always have success. But I just think watching him adapt with the way the games played and adapt with kids and parents and personalities and. Uh, just being able to always be a learner uh, as much as we were trying to learn from him. He was trying to learn about Butler defense and Butler system and what made us so good. And I'm I'm in the room thinking, Coach, like, hey, I'm supposed to be asking you questions, but just that mindset and that humility, uh, it was just, you know, a special person to be around and learn from and grow under. All right, so the end of that uh, 2016 year, you uh, it was an opening uh, just north of you up there in, in Milwaukee. Um, University of uh, Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Uh, it was a program that was in transition. They weren't very good. Uh, they go through interviewing a lot of people and uh, give you a call one day and offer you the head job, and you become the head coach at Milwaukee. I assumed that uh, Coach Beeline and Coach Collier and all these others, you talked to them about it. They all encouraged you to do it and said, yeah, you are, you're ready for it. Uh, go ahead and be a head coach and you go up here for one year, and uh, it's a hard year. Uh, let's be let's be honest about it. You're 11 and 24. Um, you didn't have a lot of talent, and things are in kind of disarray up there on the campus. And you got to kind of put everything together. So you're you're there that one year. What was it like moving from an assistant to a job that really needed? More than one year, it needed. It it probably needed five, six, seven years to get that thing straight. Yeah, it was it was unique, you know. Um, you know, it was like you said, uh, talking to just my my mentors and friends, uh, Brad Stevens and Coach Carr and, and Coach Beeline, and they're saying, "Hey, you're ready, and this is a good opportunity for you." Um, but then you get there, and there's you know a lot of the guys transferred; they weren't um, pleased with the change, and so we had four scholarship players on arrival. Uh, so then hiring a staff that, uh, that 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 I trusted and had a great staff there. Um, and trying to just salvage up, you know, something for that season. So we ended up signing, you know, six players uh, that got us a 10 and brought in a couple walk-ons. And 
but but again, just going back to my my roots of uh, doing it on being a value based you know value based way and, and and the Butler way and kind of the values that led us to um, you know who we attract and um, you know doing things in terms of a disciplined way from learning from Coach Beeline and uh, him just you know encouraging me to just stay the course and it's going to be tough and uh, but just get the right guys and you'll be able to you know improve as you go. And uh, I, I loved. I had a great time with that team. It was one, you know one of my favorite teams, just probably because it's your first. You probably always remember your first team. Absolutely. Um, and it was, uh, you know, we knew it was going to be tough, and we went through a stretch where, you know, we just worked and worked and worked, and those guys came to practice every day with a great mindset and attitudes, and we lost nine straight games uh, at the end of the season. And we were right there. It was one-two possession in the Horizon League, and lost a couple tough ones, and. It was a really good league. Allowed me an opportunity to just kind of learn and grow uh, in terms of what we wanted to do on the court and how to message and and uh, lead and help encourage my staff. You know, things that I had had not done before because you just hadn't been a head coach and you know, how to keep your staff motivated and encouraged, and even when it's tough. Uh, and we salvaged some momentum heading into the Rising League tournament just because our our, our kids were a special group of kids that just didn't quit fighting and uh, made a run there in the tournament and got to the championship game, which nobody expected, <laughs> and uh, ended up losing in the championship. But forever forever grateful for you know Amanda Braun and Mark Money for giving me an opportunity there at Milwaukee for uh, to, to, to have my uh, first time in the seat. Uh, and the kids that we have, you know, we just had, a, like, a, like I said, a group that believed in what we were doing, uh, even when you weren't getting the results. Uh, and the run there at the end was uh, was exciting. Like, guys were excited the milwaukee community was excited the city was excited uh we wish we could have pulled it off that last game but uh coach john brandon you know he's at cincinnati now was at northern kentucky and they uh they got us in the championship by six well it's a valuable learning experience no doubt about that but uh, you know when you go back to that butler campus right now um brad stevens has moved on to the nba and uh chris holtman who was on that staff has moved up and that's kind of the butler way, uh, you know, promote within if the person is ready. And Chris does a great job early on like that. And uh, But, uh, you know, kind of late in the year, uh, Chris was offered the job over at uh, Ohio State. And, you know, there's there's an opening there at Butler. And you're still at, uh, at Milwaukee right there. And And before I kind of turn this over to you, um, I remember, I think it was 1982, there was a change at Duke. And uh, the Duke program at that time was not in good shape. And uh, Tom Butters, the athletic director, uh, I can still see him now. He goes up to the podium and he makes what was at that time a very, very, well, put it this way. He did not try to win the press conference. <laughs> he, <laughs> he announced our new head coach at Duke University is Mike Shashevsky, And everybody said, who? <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, we all know what happened after that. I mean, his, you know, he got crushed the first year. He got better and better and better. You know, he recruited and he recruited players like you were talking about, those that were stable and that you could count on and that you didn't worry about on Saturday night. And they were good players and they worked hard and uh, they got better and better and better and better. And I'd be darned if something like that didn't happen at Butler. Barry Collier, the athletics director there, went right back to his uh, vault 
of uh, former Butler players and coaches, and he names this guy named Laval Jordan as the new head coach at Butler. Could you believe it? You're still there. You're doing great. You've built the program. Everybody loves it. How are you doing at Butler? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's funny, Coach, because, um, you know, timing has a lot to do with it. And, I, I, you know, I, I've got a, a, a strong faith and just always, you know, when I was at Iowa even, people would say, hey, you know, when are you going to be a head coach? I know, you you know, are you ready? Don't you think you're ready? And it's like, I just say, hey, in, in God's time, you know, just do the best you can. That would be my advice to all young assistants uh, or assistant coaches. Just be a star where you are. You know, where you are is the best job in the country. Just do everything you can to help your coach uh, be successful. And that was my mindset. It's just It'll happen in God's time. And, uh, hey, you know, to be honest, if it's not June, you know, Coach Hope and leaves, uh, takes the Ohio State job in June because uh, there was probably better, a lot better options in April than me <laughs> if he, if all of that happens, you know, a couple months earlier. And, uh, but uh, just, just humble and fortunate, and obviously for Coach Collier a second time uh, to, uh, to believe in me the same as he you know, did when he recruited me as a player to just say, I, I believe you can come here and we can, yeah, I have a vision to do something uh, special, uh, and now you know do it again as as a head coach at Butler and have a uh, you know that amount of faith and belief in me. You know is is uh, you know, unique and a special uh, opportunity for me to come back to your alma mater and and the relationship here you know, with with coach and the community. Um, you know, I was more than excited. Uh, I, it, it was it was it was a little bit. Do- Dual, dual fold though because uh, we're just coming off a good run at Milwaukee and I was excited to go into year two with you know off the momentum that we had and recruiting was going good and it was you know we had gotten through uh, May and our camps and, and, and we were heading into June and talking about July recruiting and next thing you know you know it all changes uh, you know one day at the at the microphone when Coach Holtman leaves and and so there was a part that's like, man, you know, these guys, the guys in Milwaukee that trusted me and the families. We got five guys coming in as freshmen, and uh, you got to go in there and to and make those phone calls and tell them. Yeah, I know that we had this vision and we were talking about doing special things together here in Milwaukee, but uh, you, you know, I need you to understand how special this opportunity for me is, and that's a hard thing uh, to to kind of leave those families kind of up in the air and and make those phone calls and uh you know, hoping that they realize, you know, something that this special would be probably, you know, one of the only things that could take me away from all the things that we we talked about doing together and and that was tough. Uh, it really was. Um but uh getting here is, you know, you're looking at the opportunity ahead and Butler being in the Big East and uh obviously believing in what Butler's about for, you know, a great part of, a greater part of my life um and the impact that it had on me and to be able to come and give back. Uh, in a whole different way, you know, as the as the head coach, uh, being here as a player and an assistant, and you know, just kind of a couple of different roles to contribute to back to the Butler community. Uh, but this role is obviously, you know, very very different, and uh, just proud of where we've gotten to, where Butler basketball has gotten to uh, since I got recruited to come here and played here and was assistant here and moving from the Horizon League to the Atlantic Ten to the Big East. Uh, and knowing now when you make the phone call across the country and say, you know, Butler, Butler basketball at Butler University, unlike when I was getting that call, like everybody knows where it is. Everybody knows Butler and Butler basketball. They know, they've heard of the Butler way. They know what Butler is about. And there's so many people uh, that you're representing. Uh, so it's a big, 
big load to shoulder, but, uh, you know, proud to do it. The ball, Butler is right in the center of uh, Indianapolis, right in the center of the state of Indiana. There is so much passion for basketball in that state. What's it like coaching in a state like that? Uh, it's it's tremendous. Uh, just you know, as they say, for, forty nine other states, it's it's just basketball. But this is Indiana, and so the high school, the coaching in the state. You know, coach, I know you've recruited from here in the past, and it's uh, unbelievable. You know, the coaches in the state are just tremendous. Uh, you know, you, you get to meet a lot of them and and, and learn from them. Uh, there's so many high school coaches that have been doing it for so long, and um, you know, fundamentally. Uh, teach the game. There's a passion around the state with for kids, and, and you know, there's a hoop in just about every driveway. And uh, there's there's great universities in terms of basketball opportunities in our state for Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA. Like uh, you know, it's you know that's it's fun. You know, you go out and and you know how much passion that uh, parents and kids and coaches have for the game, and and um, you know, being able to go out in the state and recruit. Is a uh, is a fun thing, and you know, obviously Indiana and Purdue and Notre Dame. Uh, there's so many Division One universities with Ball State and Evansville and IUPUI and Indiana State, and, and so you just you follow all the other programs. You, you you know you want them to do well because you want the state to do well, and um, it's exciting when March comes around. And if we have, I remember my junior year, I believe it was uh, in the state of Indiana had eight or nine teams in an NCAA tournament, and we were one of them. But it was like a you know, there was like such an excitement just because there was, you know, Evansville was in and Indiana State was in and Indiana and Purdue and Notre Dame and Butler, we were all in. And, you know, you know, you don't get that everywhere in the country. I got two more things I want to ask you and, and uh, just get your reflection on it and how you feel about it. Um, the first one is an easy one. Tell me about a game in Hinkle Fieldhouse. Yeah, that's an easy one. It's uh, if if you if for anybody out there listening, if you haven't done that, you should do that once. In, that's a bucket list item. Um, and a lot of it goes along with you said this: the passion in the state of Indiana, so much history in Hinkle Fieldhouse. When you talk about the you know Coach Tony Hinkle and and all that he met the Butler and um, you know and back in 1928, this being the place in the country, uh, the biggest, largest place in the country to catch a basketball game. And everybody thought that was crazy back then because who who, who in America builds a place that big for somebody to watch a basketball game? But that's what in Indiana, that's what they do. And, uh, you know, the legends that have played here from Oscar Robinson and Larry Bird and uh, George McGinnis and all the way to, you know, Gordon Hayward. And uh, there's such a, you know, we get 9,100 fans in here now. And, you know, the other night we had Villanova in here and now you, we get those games on the regular being in the Big East where it's their top 10 team and we're a top 20 team and it's electric and, you know, Kamar Bowen hits a buzzer beater and it's uh, it's an experience like like you can't have. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a big part of why why I came here uh, when I was being recruited. Just you know, you, We can always tell, Coach, when we, when we bring a kid on campus, if they walk in to Hinkle and uh, they look up and kind of have this draw-dropping you know, all, all in their eyes, like we got a chance uh, because Hinkle's special, and you know that when you when you have them on campus. And I think all our fans know that. So uh, it's uh, it's a special place to play, and it's it's a lot of fun. We got a lot of young young people, and this is the last thing I want to talk to you about. We got a lot of young aspiring coaches. You know what that's like. You grew up that way, trying to go from job to job, 
trying to make the right decisions. You've had a lot of good mentors to help you. What would you say to young coaches listening to this podcast if you could tell them something about the profession and uh, what would you recommend that they do to move along in the in the profession uh, as young coaches? That's a that's a great question. I, you know, I would say you know I think obviously I, I, my journey's been unique. Uh, you know, because a lot of it's been through my alma mater, and that's not everybody's journey. That's where I started, and that's where I'm now in terms of getting into the business. Um, but I would say aligning yourself with good people. Uh, I think not not chasing you know, jobs, but chasing people. I've been fortunate to, to like with Coach Collier and uh, Coach Licklider coming back, Coach Beeline, and just good people and, and that are that have good values um, and, and continue. Align yourself with good, good people. Um, do the best you, do the best job you can where you are. Um, and, and, and a lot of that stuff just works out if you, uh, but I think guys get anxious um, you know, and, and thirsty for uh, for opportunities, and, and you got to be aware of those. But just do the best you can. You know, uh, some when I was with Coach Beeline, I was like, "Hey, assistant coach's job is to assist the coach. Uh, just do the best you can for your coaching. And if you're working with good people and good guys, they'll 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 help you uh, when opportunities come along. Um, and, and then you know, be a be a learner, um, a lifelong learner. And I've, I think humility plays a big part. And I've had great examples. Uh, with Coach Collier and Coach Mata and Coach being went alongside Brad Stevens, we were assistants together, and Coach Licklider, just all of them, you know, humble in terms of wanting to learn more, not thinking that they got it all figured out. And Coach Beeline, the same way, is like he was, you know, like I said, asking about what we did at Butler, wanting to learn and just grow and get better, um, and just having that mindset where you know, align yourself with the right people and. You know, just do the best you can where you are and just be a lifelong learner. Just keep growing and keep getting better and be humble about it. That's the Butler way. We don't need to say any more. I want to to thank everyone for tuning in to the NABC Guardians of the Game podcast today and especially to Coach Jordan. He's busy this time of year. Got to get back to his team. Got to try to get into the wars of uh, the Big East. And I know he'll do a good job of that and – he welcomes the opportunity to do that. But I want to thank you for taking your time to be with us during that, uh, this past half an hour or so. And good luck to your team the rest of the season. And for everyone else, if you want to learn more about the NABC, you need only visit nabc.com. <laughs>